Hi, welcome back to Demigod Debut. I am Mallory, our resident Percy Jackson expert. And I'm Julie, the Percy Jackson virgin. Although, although I did have my virginity taken, I guess, last last episode, so I guess it doesn't really count. No, you're you're in the process. This <laughs> is this is a long, long loss of virginity. <laughs> for sure. Um, I am, in fact, wearing a Percy Jackson shirt for this, just because it's been my pajamas since the show started coming out, but it felt appropriate. Yes. Okay, so you, you read chapters four through six? Yes, I did. I have notes. This is what I did during work today. Oh, amazing. I like that you have um, your notes on like a piece of paper. Mine are on my iPad right now. Yeah, because I did this sitting at my desk this morning. This is what I did. <laughs> as As you should. All right, so jumping right in, hopefully some of your questions from last time have started to get answered. Um, so chapter four, my mother teaches me bullfighting. And this chapter opens with Percy, Sally, and Grover. They're all in Gabe's Camaro. Um, we have our car chase scene, which isn't quite as fun in a book as it would be in a movie, but um, the weather is terrible. And every time there's lightning, Percy looks over at Grover and feels like he's losing his mind. Um, and he wonders, could he just be wearing shag carpet pants which feels like quite the crazy fashion statement to me and doesn't feel less weird than him having animal legs to me personally but also i don't understand fashion um percy also mentions that it smells like wet barnyard animal in the car which is nasty Yuck. and grover says he was keeping an eye on percy during the school year but he wasn't faking being his friend and percy like you last week when you said that he's half horse um, Percy is incorrect, and he says he's half donkey, and Grover gets all offended and says he's half goat, and he's a satyr, like from Mr. Brunner's Myths. So, ha did you know what a satyr was before this? No, that is actually one of my questions on there, on my list of questions. I have no idea what that is. Oh, fantastic. You don't know what a satyr is? I don't know. Is it, a, it, is, is it a spoiler if I tell you what a satyr is? Well, if I Google it, I guess I'll spoil it myself, so you might as well just tell me. I mean, it's it's not it's not a spoiler. I mean, it's like a myth thing, right? Yeah, you can tell me. Yeah, they're mythological creatures that are half goat from the waist down. It is they're just nature spirits, and they're half goat. Why a goat? Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I just googled it, and I'm on the Wikipedia page now. I'm sorry. Um, in Greek mythology, a satyr is a male nature spirit with ears and a tail resembling those of a horse, as well as a permanent exaggerated erection. Oh, God. Okay, so... I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, it says they're comically hideous. They have mane-like hair. Um, bestial faces, and they're always shown naked. Satyrs are characterized by their indecency, and were known as lovers of wine, music, dancing, and women. Is this me? They were companions of the god Dionysus, and <laughs> um, they often attempted to seduce nymphs and mortal women alike, usually with little success. <laughs> I'm learning all the things. <laughs> all right, so. Moving on from the revelations about satyrs, so Grover mentions Mrs. Dodds, Percy's kind of like, oh, so you admit there was Miss Dodds, and Grover says, 
yes, but he couldn't say anything because the less Percy knew, the fewer monsters he would attract. So they used the mist and tried to convince Percy that he made it up, but he was starting to realize what he is. Sally says they can't explain right now, but they have to get Percy to safety, and Percy asks what's after him, and Grover says, the Lord of the Dead and a few of his bloodthirstiest minions. Um, they drive past farmhouses and a pick-your-own-strawberry sign, and Sally tells Percy she's taking him to the previously mentioned summer camp that his father wanted him to go to. And Grover says that it's really serious because the fates appeared and they cut the yarn and they only do that when you or somebody, and he does a, a not very subtle switcheroo there, um, is about to die. So Grover clearly thinks Percy is about to be killed. And Percy is thinking back on everything that's happened when all of a sudden they're blasted off the road by lightning. And Grover is unconscious. He's moaning for food, which kind of makes this silly, but also makes it terrifying. Um, but also Grover is real for being so focused on food in his dreams. And Percy finally sees what was chasing him. And it's this giant man who is bulky and fuzzy and has horns. Sally tells Percy he has to get to this big tree on the hill. Percy refuses to leave her and is like, help me carry Grover. And Sally says she can't because she can't go into camp. And Percy gets a better look at this dude chasing them. And the first thing he mentions is how muscular he is and how he's wearing no clothes but underwear. He says he's hairy, has massive sharp horns, and personally, my favorite part, um, he has a brass nose ring. And so we have yet another queer-coded villain here because the Minotaur has a septum piercing. <laughs> so true. I didn't even think about it like that. It's so true. And I mean, when I got my septum pierced, my mom constantly told me that I looked like a cow. So <laughs> it's really more of a cow That's thing. so rude. I know it was it was kind of kind I think of weird. It's but... a bull. It could be a bull thing. Yeah, it is it is like a cow bull thing to have the nose piercing. But also it is a gay thing. So oh, yet so again. Gay. Yeah. And with how muscular and hairy he is, the Minotaur is actually just a bear. <laughs> and we love we love that for him. We're gonna get cancelled by the bear community. <laughs> Great. So, <laughs> Percy's not allowed to say his name because names have power, which is a trope that I, I understand that we have to sometimes say that in fantasy novels because we want to keep the drama and the stakes alive. Like, we can't reveal what this is too early, but it's also really annoying. <laughs> it's giving, like, what is this, Bloody Mary or Beetlejuice? Like, what... It's the name is going to make the monster pop up. It's like, come on, give me a break. Yes, if you say if you say Minotaur three times, he shows up. Um, great news for the gay community. Um, the, the Minotaur does pick up Gabe's car and throw it about half a mile. And Percy thinks back on Gabe telling him not a scratch and kind of goes, oops, which icon behavior. Sally tells Percy he can avoid the bull if he jumps out of the way at the last minute. And... Um, she says she's been expecting something like this and was selfish, trying to keep him near her. They make it to the hill, but unfortunately the Minotaur does get Sally. He grabs her and she dissolves into light and she's gone. Last week you predicted this. You said his mom was going to die. So how does it feel to know that you manifested a 12-year-old boy having to go through the trauma of losing his listen, mother? Listen, 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 listen. This is what we call dead mommy syndrome, Okay. So these fantasy kids always got to go through, like, dead parents. And he already thought his dad was dead. 
So, you know, it was only a matter of time for him. You know, she was just too perfect. That's how you knew she was going to die. She was too perfect in, like, the first beginning, like, the first three chapters or whatever. Like, she's an angel, you know, like, she's, like, this so, like, healthy, like, happy presence in his life. Like, it was, it was, come on, like, you know, that was about to be ripped away from him. Right. Unfortunately, you are an adult who does have some reading comprehension skills, so you are able to pick up on things and make predictions. Was this shocking to you when you first read it? Or did you have an inkling? Do you remember? I there are there are only some things that I remember being really shocked by. So I don't remember my initial reaction to this. Um I wish mm-hmm. I did. But I am very much a person who does not pick up on clues. <laughs> um like the the twist in a movie is always going to get me because I will take things at face value. Like if you tell me something is something, I will believe you. So I'm sure I'm sure I was shocked. I'm sure I did not see this coming. Um, but also I was like 11. So True. you can fool kids pretty easily. Yes. Like reading these as an adult, you kind of see how heavy handed it is with the foreshadowing. And it's like, okay, this was, oh, like, yes. this, <laughs> this is pretty obvious. All right. So post losing his mother, Percy gets a rage powered. Rip Sally. Yeah, Rip Sally. Um, Percy gets a rage-powered energy boost and uses his red rain jacket like a matador to get the Minotaur's attention, Um, which it's just very funny to specify that the rain jacket is red so that we can have our matador moment. Uh, Percy ends up on his back somehow and rips his horn off and stabs him in the ribs with it. Icon. Icon. Um, The Minotaur disintegrates, and Percy notes that it wasn't quite the same way his mom did, but is does remind him of the way mrs dodds um disintegrated so this was kind of our first real fight scene what were your thoughts on this whole saga i did think it was kind of badass that he ripped the minotaur's horn off and then stabbed him with it like incredible love it i like if i was in a fantasy movie or something that's like something i would want to do like that's what i would want my characters to do Giving me very Avengers Endgame, or not Endgame, what is it, Infinity War, where they, where they all start dissolving. <laughs> like, when his mom dissolved, all, I couldn't stop thinking about, Mr. Stark, I don't want to go. <laughs> Percy, I don't feel so good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I was just like, okay, we're dissolving. But I thought it was interesting that she dissolved differently from the monster. And I don't know if that was because, well, I don't want to jump too far ahead but talking about how like you don't the the monsters don't die you can kill them but they don't die or something yeah um i was wondering if that was connected but yes interesting. good fight scene interesting okay so the chapter ends percy drags grover into camp grover's still unconscious um percy's crying for his mom ends up collapsing on a wooden porch and he sees a man he recognizes and a pretty blonde girl, which it's very important to me that he describes her as pretty and he describes her hair as being like a princess. And she says, he's the one, he must be. And the man says, be quiet, Annabeth, he's still unconscious, bring him inside. And that's chapter four. <laughs> Any final thoughts here before we move on to chapter five? Are we getting an Annabelle Percy love interest thing? Is that what, is that going to develop eventually? I'm sorry, Annabelle? Annabelle. Annabeth. No, he's going to fall in love with the doll, the Annabelle doll. 
like the demon doll from the Conjuring movies. <laughs> I'm I'm initiating a crossover event because I'm a moron. <laughs> I will not confirm or deny, but I mean. <laughs> He's a 12-year-old. How often do 12-year-olds describe girls as being pretty if there's not going to be something there? That feels like a very big cooties age, you know, unless you figure out that you like someone. True. I mean, being friends with a girl at 12? What 12-year-old boy would ever? You would have... Yeah. All right. So, chapter five. I play Pinochle with a horse. Um. Now, still to this day, I do not know what Pinochle is. Do you know what Pinochle is? Listen, I don't know how to play Pinochle, but I know it's a specific game, and I, I believe you have to have specific cards for it because they mentioned it in this old TV show called Dragnet that I used to watch with my father. And they talk like it's a bunch, it's a cop show, it's really bad. And they talk about playing Pinochle, and I was like, oh my gosh, you have to have special cards. Like, you can't play Pinochle with a regular pack of cards, regular deck of cards. Interesting. I, I am familiar, I do not know how to play. The lore on Pinnacle just expands for me. I assumed it was just like a regular deck of cards and it was just kind of a game. That... Unless, unless like, I completely misunderstood the dialogue in the show and then we're going to get, like, an angry comment from one person who knows what Pinnacle is and they're like, you moron, you can't play with a regular deck of cards. But I, to my uh, knowledge, you cannot. Huh. Okay. I... You know, this this would also be a real quick thing to Google, but I really just don't care enough about it to Google it. Leave a mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's have some mystery about Pinochle. Also, I love saying Pinochle. Let's be honest. It's a great, it great is. It's, name. It's a fun game. Um, though as a child, there's there's a lot of things that I mispronounced as a child and did not realize how to actually pronounce them um, until I spent some time. Because my, uh, my youngest brother is 10 years younger than me. And I was reading these books out loud to him for a little while when he was in like fourth, fifth grade and I was in college. And, um, I had to do a lot of Googling of, like, how to pronounce things. So, um, there's, there's just a lot of things that I'm like, oh, that's how you say that. So, Pinnacle is one of those things. Um, <laughs> so, chapter five starts. Percy's kind of, like, in and out of consciousness. The blonde girl is there again. She feeds him something that tastes like popcorn and asks a bunch of questions. And he has no idea how to answer any of them. Um, then he wakes up and there's a guy with a bunch of eyes all over his body watching him. Then he finally wakes up for real, and he's sitting on a chair on the porch. And I'm like, why did they take him outside to the porch? And, like, that that just feels like a very public place for him to be. Um, he still kind of, yeah, he yeah. still kind of feels like crap and says his mouth feels like a scorpion, which had been using it for a nest. I don't know if that's supposed to be relatable, um, but I've never experienced that. I guess I could imagine it, though. Um, but then he says every one of his teeth hurts, and that, however, is relatable, because anytime I wear my retainers for the first time in months, every one of my teeth hurts. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, that reminds me, I should wear my retainers tonight. Ugh. Get, you just have to pop some ibuprofen before you do it, uh -huh, and then you wake I up know. in the morning, and you- Oh, nightmare. I didn't wear them for, like, most of November and December, um, and then when I came back- to New York after Christmas, I was like, well, I need to wear those. And I put them in and I wished I was dead. Like it hurts so bad. <laughs> Tooth pain is
is like the worst pain. It's so intolerable. It's not even, I don't care how tough you are. If your tooth hurts or your teeth hurt, it's like game over. Well, and also like, why does this country think that dental care is like separate from medical care? Like, didn't it's not part of your body. Your teeth are They're separate. one and the same. Like if, if, if your teeth are fucked up, like it's going to lead to all sorts of problems. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Thank God I have dental insurance now. Real. I finally am getting kicked off my parents' insurance, which is tragic. Welcome to 26. I also haven't been... <laughs> I also haven't... This, this is terrible. I haven't been to the dentist since before the pandemic. And so, you know, it's, it's 2024. Like, we're going on three and a half years-ish. And <laughs> one of my friends, anytime we talk since she found out that information she's like have you gone to the dentist when are you going to the dentist like it's really stressing her out oh i haven't been to the dentist in years either i have to get a new one and i'm just like putting it off because i don't feel like dealing with paperwork yeah going to the dentist is hard i'd rather go to the doctor i would a hundred times way like the doctor's so much better than the dentist and you have to get weighed at the doctor like i would rather sit there and get weighed than go to the dentist real i hate i hate that's how much i hate the dentist get your hands out of my mouth i'm sorry get your hands out of my mouth (laughs) so real all right back to it anyway back back to the the book Um, so grover is there on the porch he's wearing regular pants so percy kind of goes oh good this may have still been a dream but grover gives him a shoebox that has the minotaur's horn and percy realizes that it was actually real and his mom is gone and my dramatic, dramatic boy looks out at this beautiful meadow, beautiful camp, and says, like, the world should look black and cold. Like, no one, nothing should be beautiful with um, his mom gone, which is <laughs> sad, but it, it's sad. It's sad. It's not, I shouldn't be laughing, but I am yeah. a little bit because it, it's just, it's, it's, a, little it's a little overdramatic, dramatic. I think. Um, and Percy... Immediately starts wondering, like, where is he going to go? What's he going to do? And he says he would rather go live on the streets than have to go back with Smelly Gabe, um, which says something about what it must be like to live with that man. And Grover's upset. He says it's his fault because he was supposed to protect Percy because he's a keeper, or at least he was. And we don't get any information about that because Percy gets all dizzy and Grover helps him drink this stuff that looks like apple juice but tastes like his mom's blue chocolate chip cookies. And he says he feels like he could throw Nancy Boba Fett a hundred yards, which is good because Chiron and Mr. D are waiting for him. Here is where Percy tells us about camp for the first time. He says it must be on the North shore of Long Island because the ocean is out in the distance and there are all these like ancient Greek buildings. There are kids playing volleyball, canoeing and chasing each other in orange t-shirts like the one Grover is also wearing. The one you're wearing. Oh, like the one I'm wearing also. Yes. Kids doing archery and riding horses. Mm -hmm. Um, some of the horses have wings. Pegasus. Yes, Pegasus. Um, but my question for you is, did you ever go to a summer camp as a kid? <laughs> no, we didn't have money for that. Like, I never went to summer camp just for fun. I only went to religious summer camp. Ah, indoctrination camp. <laughs> Which, yeah. I realize, because sometimes I look back on, like, what I pictured certain places being, like... Um, I have, like, I have a very specific, like, anytime somebody is in an apartment, like, there's something that happens in an apartment, I always picture the same apartment, like, layout, and it's, like, part of, 
the house that my family lived in until I was like nine, which is weird. But um, when I think of Camp Half-Blood, I always picture in part this like camp that I went to up in like North Texas um, where I went to learn about Jesus. Jesus. But it was kind of the only thing I, the only thing I had in my brain for like summer camp. So um, that's kind of always what I picture because there was like there was volleyball there was canoeing there was there was chasing each Mm -hmm. other like all the things Percy described um and there was always like an there was also like an outside area where we ate which camp also have so I was like have I been to Camp Half-Blood you Um, you were there actually this is all a giant ruse like you were there you are a half-blood honestly if you had told me that when I was 11 that would have been my dream great all right so we get around the porch and Chiron and Mr. D are there, and so is the blonde girl, again, um, which, side note, I love her. I love her so much. Um, but the way that she is lurking and only hanging out with the adults, like, she is very much giving teacher's pet. Um, she's the girl who has no friends besides her- That's me. Yeah, she has no friends besides her English teacher, like, she's only hanging out with the adults, like- Very queer-coded again. So true, so true. Um, Annabeth Chase is a bisexual, and I will die on that hill. Um, but we'll get to that. We, we finally learned her whole name, um, Annabeth Chase, and Grover says she's been here longer than just about anybody. We meet Mr. D, who is the camp director. He's wearing a tiger print shirt, and Percy says he reminds of someone that he would see at one of Gabe's poker parties. And Percy realizes he knows the other guy at the table, too, because it's Mr. Brunner. And also, thing I just remembered, in the show, they say Bruner instead of Brunner. It is spelled Brunner. It is not Bruner. It's Brunner. It's Brunner. Yeah. Um, but also, apparently, I also... If it was Bruner, it'd be one N. I learned, um, I think Mr. Bruner, I guess, is a real person that the author, like, named this character after. I think. Really? There's there's several characters that are like named after real people, and I think this is one of them. So I think that's why it's Brunner and not Brunner, but it is spelled Brunner, so I will probably continue to say Brunner. Um, that's just side note. Uh, so he asks Annabeth to go check on Percy's bunk, and Percy describes Annabeth as a, as athletic, taller than him, and as a stereotypical looking California girl with startlingly gray eyes that are pretty and intimidating like she's analyzing the best way to take him down which slay queen um Mm -hmm. percy thinks she's going to be impressed that he killed the minotaur but she looks at him and says you drool when you sleep and then sprints off i love her so much she (laughs) does not know how to interact with other people and that's why she has to hang out with the adults like (laughs) Mm-hmm. She, absolutely she does not know how to talk to people her own age <laughs> love her so mr brunner tells percy his name is actually chiron and he took a leave of absence which chiron also one of the things that i mispronounced as a child could you pronounce it um because it was it was chiron chiron, chiron. <laughs> you know it, that's how it's spelled and he took a leave of absence to come to yancey because grover thought that he was someone special so they start a game of Pinnacle, which, again, don't know how to play. Uh, and Chiron tells him that he can't watch the usual orientation film because of everything he's already faced. Which, 
kills me because I want to know what is in this orientation film so bad and they never tell us in any of the books and I need to know. Um, but Percy is told that the Greek gods are alive and Grover asks to eat Mr. D's Diet Coke can because he's a goat. Do goats eat aluminum, though? I feel like, why would a goat eat aluminum? I don't get it. <laughs> don't goats eat garbage? But, like, food garbage. Do they eat, like, plastic and shit? Like, I feel like they wouldn't do that. I, I really don't think that they do eat cans. I feel like it's a, um, it's a goat stereotype is it just like a way i feel like it was kind of a way of like really cementing like don't forget grover's not a human being he's half goat don't forget he's, grover is a goat a goat with a permanent erection and he's going to eat <laughs> an aluminum diet coke can don't say that about that Actually, my entire worldview shifted when I read that. <laughs> like, Grover became a completely different character for me, and I hate it here. I hate it here. It's one of the best things I learned about him. He's now my favorite character. I just kind of want to cry. <laughs> uh, so, Percy very much does not believe in the gods. He says that they're just stories that people came up with to explain weather and stuff. And Mr. D doesn't like that at all. He tries to make a glass of wine appear, but Chiron reminds him he can't do that. And so he turns it into Diet Coke and says that he's been punished by Zeus. And the first time that he was punished was Prohibition. And this time he's confined to camp for 100 years. And then it's revealed that he's Dionysus, another name that I mispronounced as a kid. It was Dionysus. And he is the god of wine. He is also the gods of orchard, fertility, festivity, insanity, and theater. All the good shit. All, all the good stuff. And satyrs are companions or servants of Dionysus a lot of the time. Which makes sense, I guess, with what we learned about satyrs. Um, so, did you think that we were going to be meeting a god at camp? Or thoughts on Mr. D? I don't know. Uh, kind of seems like a dick. Gotta be honest, but um, everything I know about him prior to this, I mean, the little that I knew, I would assume that he would be a jerk, so. Also, being stuck around a bunch of, like, bratty kids, I would also be really mean and, like, full of hatred, probably, if I was stuck around summer camp kids for a hundred years or however long he's stuck there. Honestly, yeah. And I somewhat willingly made in interacting with children my career so <laughs> ah um great so chiron wins the pinnacle game and mr dean grover leave to go talk about his less than stellar performance on this assignment with percy and chiron explains how the gods got to america and this is one of the things that i want your take on um for some, some reasons that, like, we haven't gotten to yet, but also just, like, as a general idea. But Chiron says that the gods move with the heart of the West and Western civilization. And he says they move from place to place, Greece to Rome. And Percy interrupts here to be like, um, the gods died. As if he didn't literally just meet Dionysus. <laughs> and 
Kyron's like, no, they didn't die. They moved to Germany, France, Spain, and then England for a few centuries, and now they're in America because it's the great power of the West. And so the gods really just moved to whoever's doing the most, like, colonizing and general fucking up of the world, it feels to me. Um, but what are what are your thoughts on, like, Western civilization as an idea or, like, this way that the gods are tied? I don't know. This is... I, I want your political expert opinion. <laughs> yes. Well, anytime you know, we start bringing out Western civilization, it can get white supremacist very quickly, incredibly quickly. And it was giving me a little bit of this. I mean, not that I think this man is a white supremacist, but the idea of these gods are like, there's something divine about Western civilization that these gods are connected to it, as opposed to all of the other civilizations around the world that have their own gods and their own belief systems and their own very complicated, very uh, advanced infrastructure and societies and cultures. And somehow these gods that are very important are only connected to Western culture. Yeah, that doesn't sit right with me. And also the idea of America, what is it, the great power of the West? Um, and this can get very inflammatory very quickly. But the great power of the West is currently funding and supporting a genocide in Palestine. So um uh great power maybe morally no um but on mere like strength I guess I guess America is still the great power because we can do whatever we want and we ignore international norms, international law and uh but the idea that there's something special about the west i just think is a uh, western chauvinism at its at its finest yeah i mean excellent excellent points i think you you put that better than i would have or did um but yeah it almost feels like you could use this to make to be like it's not a not a great look for the gods to be so tied to this um yeah western civilization do we remember um i don't know one of the most powerful countries in the 1930s western civilization what they might have been doing in europe um i don't know that the gods want to be tied to something like that i don't know what do i know i'm just a political science uh master's degree person so <laughs> I'm also a person who's studied this. Um, also, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting to bring up the World War II thing. Um, just know that we will get into the gods' role in World War II. Oh, God. II. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. And I'm really I not. I don't love that either. <laughs> um, Is it in this yeah. book? Is it in this book? I can't remember if it's in this book or if it's in a later. Yes, because unfortunately, <sighs> decisions made by the gods during that time <laughs> tie into the plot of the entire series, which is oh god, a lot. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> it all. It also does kind of beg the question that like. Because obviously, you know, this is a, a story about these 
children having to save the world. But if the world is this and the gods are so tied to this like idea of Western civilization, is Western civilization worth saving? And that's kind of... No. I'm gonna... <laughs> that's I'm gonna just say no kind, now. Kind of a thing you have to, to grapple with a little bit. Because... <laughs> um, so, before we get more political, we're gonna... We're gonna move on. Um, because the chapter ends with Chiron standing up and revealing that he, unlike Grover, is actually a centaur. Um... So you were a little premature with the centaur guess, but... In my mind, a centaur is not necessarily half man, half horse. It's half man, half hooved animal. Okay. That's valid. That's that's what I associate a centaur with. That That's not the technical definition, but I gotta tell you, that's what pops up in my head. I don't know... I don't know why, but hooved animal. They're, they're all centaurs. They're all, yeah, they all got hooves. What do you want? Like, I'm not trying to, like, be a zoologist over here. Lovely. Okay. So, any final thoughts on chapter five before we move on to chapter six? No, just just that uh, Western civilization civilization bit. It really got me good. I was reading during my lunch hour, and I was like, oh, we have some thoughts. But uh, yeah, just that. I knew you would. <laughs> I knew you. Yeah, would. you know me. You know, I really, I really hope that you enjoy this enough to continue because I feel like like there's so many things related to that that I want to unpack with you and once we really get into it um but that's besides the point um cool so chapter six I become supreme lord of the bathroom now I think this is one of if not the best chapter title in these books um I do have a comment about the chapter title as immediately when I okay, read it great. this sounds like something like a middle school or a teenage boy would say after they took like the biggest shit of their life in like a school bathroom they would go tell their friends like i'm the supreme lord of the bathroom like that's that's immediately what this i this chapter title is no longer my favorite because i will never be able to look at it this same <laughs> my immediate thought i was like yeah no that that sounds like something a teenage boy would say they talk about yeah it is that stuff one thing one thing that Rick Riordan does really well is nail down the um, middle school boy voice. Because mm -hmm. so, so many of the things that Percy says, I'm like, yeah, a middle schooler would say that. Uh. Alright, so Chiron takes Percy to the cabin, and Percy says he's careful to walk um, in front of Chiron instead of behind him because he doesn't trust his back end the way he trusts his front. Because he's done pooper scooper duty at the Macy's parade a few times. And I just, how did he get that job? Like, is that a thing that they let children do? Yeah, that seems like, very odd. Like, you would want a professional because it's excrement. Like, it's gross. Maybe, maybe that's something that deserves Google. But I work with someone, actually, who um, did... A balloon at the parade this year um and apparently you have to like know someone to get in so i wonder if in order to do pooper scooper duty you have to like know someone um but then who did the jacksons know i don't know maybe sally had a connection worked at grand central or something who knows i i don't know i don't know it's just I feel like that's a connected job i want to work at grand central 
Not really. You can work at a candy store in Grand Central. They have well, they have offices above it, like uh, CBS News. I think used to be out oh. out of Grand Central Station, according to my father. That's kind of cool. Anyway, <laughs> so as they're as they're walking through camp, Percy notes that the other campers seem older than he is, and the satyrs look like they're older than Grover. Um, and he says they all kind of are watching him, like they want him to do a flip or something. And Percy looks back at the house with the porch and sees the curtain in the attic move and Chiron assures him that there is nothing alive up there but the emphasis on there is nothing alive is suspicious um they walk through the strawberry fields and Chiron explains that they sell strawberries to pay for the camp's expenses because Mr. D has an effect on fruit bearing plants which if this is a camp for the children of the gods why are the gods not funding this they're republican (laughs) they should have the money, the riches to pay for this camp for their children. It's a handout. No, no. It's a handout. Right. These these demigods have to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Absolutely. Um, Percy asks about Grover, and he asks if he's going to be in trouble, and Chiron says he has bigger dreams than are reasonable, and in order to get there, he has to successfully bring in a new camper to Half-Blood Hill. And... Chiron tells Percy that the Council of Cloven Elders probably will not see this as a success because Grover lost Percy in New York um, and the unfortunate fate of his mother and the fact that Percy kind of carries Grover, who is unconscious, into camp. And Percy says, won't he get a second chance? And is told this was Grover's second chance and the Council did not want to give him another chance after the first time. And this is where we find out that Grover is 28 and that Seder is mature half as fast as humans, so he's kind of 14 and has been in middle school for the last six years. Which feels horrible. Six years in middle school. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's been in middle school but was in sixth grade again with Percy this last year. <sighs> like hell. six years Absolute in sixth hell. grade? Jail. Jail. I like I've been I've been teaching middle school for about four years now and that feels like too much like much less being a student like at least I'm an adult and don't have to deal with a lot of the general nonsense of middle school but and you can drink that is true I can go home and unlike Mr. D I can have a glass of wine though wine is not exactly my choice of alcoholic beverage anymore really yeah i've become are you a seltzer girl now now? i've become much more of a beer girly (gasps) like a beer girl yes (gasps) crazy oh my god also okay when i read this as a child seeing that grover was 28 i was like that is so old i was like he should be married he should have a child he should have a mortgage like 28 he's practically halfway to dead like he's so old and now i'm like almost 26 and i feel like i know not like i have i know nothing um so 28 is a fake adult age and i'm gonna say that then percy asks if if the greek gods are real is the underworld also real because he's starting to get an idea and pretty sure we can all guess what that idea is and Chiron tells him not to think about it until we know more and changes the subject to the woods and I would not hire Chiron as a tour guide because this is 
literally the worst tour I think I have ever heard anyone give. Like, he tells Percy that the woods are stocked, but doesn't say with what. Tells him to go armed and says, we're going to have capture the flag on Friday. And then is like, do you have your own sword and shield? As if that's a normal thing. For, like, as if he didn't have to rip the Minotaur's horn off and stab him with it. Like, yeah. why would he have his own sword and shield? <laughs> like, he's a 12-year-old kid. It's not a normal thing for 12-year-old like, kids Like, he just realized what he was. He just found out that he was this half-blood whatever god thing and you're asking him if he has a sword be serious like i understand that in order to create a universe in which the kids are tasked with saving the world you have to make the adults kind of clueless but there are times that chiron like really annoys me i'm like you are supposed to be the teacher here and like maybe it's just because i am a teacher but i'm like you're not you're not very good at this like (laughs) Why? Oh, like, someone answer this poor boy's questions, please. Um, Because he, like, he keeps asking questions on this tour and just keeps getting non-answers. Like, when he looks at where they eat food and there's no roof or walls and he's like, what do you do when it rains? And Chiron's like, well, we have to eat, don't we? Like, just answer the question. Answer the question. Tell him it doesn't rain here. Because that's the answer... Like, that. the answer to that question is that it doesn't rain here. Oh! Which isn't isn't a spoiler i'm sure they'll or maybe it is a spoiler i guess um if if they haven't told you that already though well, you already said it so now i know they'll tell you that in a couple chapters it's not like a plot relevant thing um but i will probably continue to spoil little world building things like that <laughs> once i get going because things annoy me um please do yeah so the no, actually, actually, no, I'm not done with this. I'm not done with this. Because the other thing is, when they go to the Hermes cabin, and I know we haven't gone there yet, but it's always annoyed me the way that they ask him, like, regular undetermined, and he doesn't know what that means, and then Annabeth pulls him out of the cabin and is like, you have to do better. I'm like, well, nobody tells him shit. Like, everybody wants to act like he's dumb, but really no one tells him anything. Like, he doesn't know what's going on. He just got there. He just got there. He just fought a minotaur. And his mom died, and he's just being revealed to all these things. And they're like, why don't you already know this? It's like, be have one ounce of compassion, you morons! Like, come on! Like, loop him in! Like, you gotta, you gotta explain things to him. Annabeth, you've been there forever. <sighs> Hello, help a girl out. But Annabeth is kind of someone who I think is so smart that she's kind of you're either with me or you're stupid and she is making so many like leaps in her head that like don't make sense to anyone else (laughs) and Mm -hmm. so she's like everyone else around me is an idiot because they don't know these things i'm like no but actually you're just (laughs) like you're just uh anyway anyway where was i okay um so chiron shows percy the cabins says each one is dedicated to a different one of the 12 olympians some of them are empty including zeus and hera's cabins and percy goes into cabin three which is also empty and has walls full of coral and seashells and he says it smells like the cabinet montauk hmm (laughs) interesting choice to go into here percy who could your father be Um, They also walk by a red cabin with a terrible paint job, Mm. and I just think it's really funny that Percy describes the color as looking like it was applied with buckets and fists. 
Because that's just like are we are we finger painting with our fists? We're I just I have questions and I don't really even know how to ask my questions, but um yeah. So the kids in this cabin are mean looking, they're wrestling and arguing, and the loudest is this 14-ish year old girl who Percy says is in a triple XL camp half foot shirt. And rude. First of all, why are we like coding the bully as fat? I don't like it. Which but also I'm like, is that a hyperbole? <laughs> because how does he know? That it's a triple XL. Because, okay, to me, to me, Clarice has always been, like, a beefy, butch, lesbian 14-year-old. Mm -hmm. Because she is. Um, or she could be small and just wearing a really big shirt. We don't know. True. True. The, the, the triple XL is just <laughs> interesting. Um, and Percy says she reminds him of Nancy Boba Fett, but that she's not a redhead. So, no more redhead villainization for now. Finally. And Percy knows that there aren't other centaurs at camp, and Chiron is revealed as THE Chiron, who trained Hercules, and he says he made a wish that he could uh, train heroes and, like, continue this work that he loves doing as long as he's needed, and Percy thinks that being a teacher for 3,000 years would not be in his top 10, like, things to list- t things to wish for list, which- Agreed. Honestly, same. Same. Like, I- Lo I okay, I like my job, um, but it's it's a very hard job, and most days the idea of having to do this until I'm seventy and can retire makes me want to set myself on fire. So three thousand years, Chiron is Chiron is stronger than I am. And also, side note: if anyone from work happens to listen to this, this is a joke. Please don't fire me. I like to be able to pay my rent. <laughs> um, I feel like any any time I talk about work, I have to add a disclaimer because. These children like to Google me. Like, they found they found my old YouTube videos from high school, like, where I posted old high school projects. <laughs> and they start, like, quoting them to me. No! Oh, no. <gasps> what a nightmare. And, I mean, if I really cared, I would do more work. Because I don't know how to get into that YouTube account anymore. Um... I, w I would do more work to figure out how to take them down if I really cared or if there was anything that was, like, or terrible. But also, I'm like, why are you Googling me? Why are you Googling Kids me? It's weird. Gen this generation is so... Like, not to be, like, a boomer, but, like, this generation alpha is messed up. Um, If one more 10-year-old tells me that I should start using drunk elephant skincare, I'm going to hurl myself into... The Hudson River. If anyone recommends you drunk elephant skincare, they're just wrong. They just know the brand name. It's not good. <laughs> I know. I need to get my recommendations from you and not from my fifth and seventh grade students who think I need to be more trendy. <laughs> anyway, we don't need to be on a skincare tangent. We go to cabin eleven. Annabeth is there again. Um, she's she's everywhere, and Chiron passes Percy off to her, and they go into the cabin. It looks old and run down, and has a caduceus over the door, which is another thing that I did not know how to pronounce as a child. I always pronounce it as caducus, um, but apparently it is caduceus. I don't know what that is. Caduceus? It's like, it's it's the little symbol. It looks kind of like the medical symbol, but it's not. 
um, where it's like there's a line in the middle and it's got like two snakes going around it. Oh, um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but that's like Hermes' symbol, symbol. And so it's really crowded in the cabin, and Annabeth, as as already mentioned, Annabeth really throws Percy to the wolves here. Like no one has explained anything to him, and. Ugh, but this is where we meet Luke. And Luke is this charming and welcoming older guy who Percy says is pretty cool looking, except for he's got this long scar running down his face that makes him look kind of unsettling. And Annabeth absolutely has a thing for Luke, which, girl, get up. He's 19, you're 12. Ew. Um, and there's so much more I want to say here on this particular um, topic, but I will leave it. I will leave it. Um, and Luke finally explains some things to Percy. So he's, Percy's undetermined, which means they don't know what his dad is, um, but he stays in the Hermes cabin because Hermes is the god of travelers, and so Hermes isn't, like, picky about who stays in his cabin. And Percy asks how long it will take to get claimed, and Annabeth, like, rushes them out of there. Um, and is like, you have to do better than that, which, again, he can't do better when no one's explaining anything to him. Does explain some things to him, finally, but... She also isn't very nice, um, which I, I appreciate, like, I appreciate that she's not nice. Like, she's not this perfect mm -hmm. vessel of information yeah. for Percy the way that, like, the smart girl character is in some other, um, media. Like, she's, <laughs> she's mean. She's not nice. Um, she, like, berates him for being dumb and for not being grateful to have the opportunity to face the Minotaur and... She's the one who tells him that even though you can, like, kill a monster, they don't die, they'll respawn. And Percy asks if he could stay in one of the other empty cabins that's less crowded, and Annabeth tells him um, it depends on who his parent is. And Mama's boy Jackson over here is like, okay, so where's the Sally Jackson cabin? Because he starts talking about his Aww. mom. <laughs> I know. And Annabeth says she means his dad. And... Is this the first time that somebody tells Percy that his dad is a god? <laughs> or did did they tell him that in, like, chapter 5 at the table? I can't remember. Mm, I'm not sure. I think this might be the first time. Like, I, I can't remember if they actually... Oh, where's... Let me, let me get the sacred text. Your beat-up little book. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that they just straight up don't. Like, they just don't. Because when he walks by the the like sea cabin or whatever don't they like pull him away and be like don't look in there so he doesn't know that his dad's a god i guess was his dad in there oh. do you think was he in there i don't know do you think his dad was in there well i have a question this this is dumb <laughs> this is a really stupid question i love a stupid question i'll get to it but first of all have you seen on twitter the picture of a fish getting an x-ray he's like stuck in a little sponge yes Yes. So it's like, it's beside him. Like, does he have to be wet at all times? <laughs> like, I'm imagining this guy who looks like King Triton from The Little Mermaid and sitting in like a sponge or something because he can't be out of water for too long. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm with you. So if he is, if he is in the cabin... I would hope that he's sitting in, like, a bathtub or something because he has to be wet at all times because he's the god of the sea. I thank you for your stupid question. I love it. Um, so, Percy doesn't believe 
that his dad is a god. He's like, no way. Um, and Annabeth says, well, you've been kicked out of all these schools. You have ADHD, you have dyslexia. Like, these are all, like, together all these signs are almost a guarantee that you're a demigod. Also, we gave you ambrosia and nectar to heal, heal you. And if you weren't a demigod, you would have died. Um, and Percy says he has so many questions, he doesn't even know where to start. So, how are you feeling? Do you still have so many questions? You don't know where to start? No, I think, I think I'm starting to get the hang of the stuff. I mean, a lot of the Greek mythology does go right over my head, because... I never retained any of that information from middle or high school. Um, but I gotta be honest, the story structure's not that complex because it's written for middle schoolers, so. I mean, right. Um, any any thoughts on Annabeth's godly parent? I mean, I know you, you might not. Oh, because... you know what? I didn't even... Yeah, no, I have no idea because I don't even know all of them. Um, does she godly parent did you say singular so she so they're all half bloods is that right like all of them okay yeah so so they all have like one one god or goddess okay as their so i'm gonna guess and i don't know the name of this or if this is a god but i'm gonna guess the most annoying know-it-all one is her parent. that's if i had to guess <laughs> that one uh, i love it and I'm not saying I don't like Anna, 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 Anna Beth. I think I called her Annabelle. I'm gonna make that mistake again. It's not that I don't like her. I'm just, I know exactly who this type of person is. And it's exactly who I was in middle and high school. And I was annoying as yeah. fuck. Like, no hate. Cause I, I was, I was one of you, but. Oh, as was I. Like I, as a child, like that's why we're friends probably i want to be annabeth like she's so cool and she's wonderful um but i feel like i was actually just all the negatives of annabeth (laughs) like the fact that she's annoying um but i think a, a lot of the reason that people really like this series and like really enjoyed it as kids is because they saw themselves in annabeth um because she she mm-hmm. she is excellent annoying middle school girl representation. Yes. We we've got one final kind of scene here and it's the one that gave us our chapter title. And so as Percy's with Annabeth, the girl from the red cabin comes over with three other girls and kind of gets into it with Annabeth and Annabeth introduces her as Clarice, the daughter of Ares and I'm going to come out now as a Clarice apologist because I support women's wrongs and I think that Clarice is fun. Um, And she said that there's an initiation for newbies, which is never good. And it's giving frat a little bit. It so is. Uh, So, yeah, Clarice drags Percy into the girls' bathroom, which... Percy, who cannot take anything seriously in his life, notes that he thinks that the gods should be able to afford better bathrooms, which, again, why are the gods not bankrolling this camp if it's where their children live? But that's... Mm. And, um, Clarice laughs at the idea that Percy could be quote-unquote big three material and goes to dunk his head in the toilet. And Percy feels this tug in his stomach and all of a sudden water blasts out of the toilet and pushes Clarice back, and then the other toilets explode and blast the other girls. 
and then the showers get into it, and there's water everywhere, and the girls flow out of the bathroom. As soon as they're gone, the water shuts off. The bathroom is flooded, and Annabeth is also covered in toilet water, but Percy and the space around him is totally dry, and Percy has no idea what happened, and Clarice threatens to kill him while her friends drag her away, and Annabeth closes out the chapter and closes out our episode by saying um, that she wants Percy on her team for Capture the Flag. So, chapter six thoughts. Oh, this is total throwaway line, but I thought it was funny, so I'm going to mention it. Um, when he's going on the tour of all the cabins, he mentions there's, like, this nine-year-old girl tending to, like, a fire. Oh, yes. Like, out in the middle. I'm like, why is, why is a nine-year-old doing this? Like, I'm calling CPS right now. <laughs> like, she's nine. Why is she messing with fire? I wouldn't be trusting myself to mess with fire, and I'm almost 26 years old. Like, keep the nine-year-old girl away from me. I mean... You know, you know I love fire. Um, you know you have to take the you. Yeah, you miss pyromaniac over here. You have to take the candle away from me at any restaurant we go to because I will start playing in the candle. But yes, um, and it's it's fun that you pointed that out because yeah. Any other thoughts besides the girl tending to the fire? Not on this chapter. I do have some predictions for going okay. forward. Let's hear the predictions. Um, one, uh, Percy gets humbled. I feel like he's been winning too much, um, with the bullies, and like I'm like, no, you gotta you fuck up somehow. Like I need, he's got to get a big slice of humble pie. Like if Clarice isn't gonna do it, like maybe something happens during the cap. Like I feel like he's got to eat shit or something, um, to kind of like he's on this pedestal because he killed the Minotaur. And, you know, he's so young, and I'm like, he's got to come down to reality a little bit. I feel like we got to humble him a little bit. Not that your mom dying isn't humbling, but it's like, the with the powers, I feel like he's got to, he's got to rein it in a little bit. Excellent. Any other predictions? Grover, uh, I don't really know what's going to happen to Grover. I feel like he's going to get demoted or something. I don't really know what the hierarchy here is. I hope they don't, like, kill him. Because that would be really sad. But I feel like I feel like the one thing I know about Greek gods is that they're very capricious. And so I feel like they would kill over something like this. But it, I feel like it's... I feel like that's almost too dark for a children's series to kill him over Right. This. Well, you, you did say on the last episode that um, <laughs> you felt like if he messes up again, he deserves to be put down. Well, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve it. But I'm saying it's too dark <laughs> for <laughs> Wait till you find out how we messed up the first time. Oh, God. (laughs) Well, I know he dies because he's like, oh, not again. Um, Oh, and then uh, Percy and Annabeth love interest. I feel like that's that's coming. Even if it's one-sided on Percy's side, let's be honest. I feel like we're hinting at that. And then Percy has a meltdown because he hasn't fully processed his mom's death. And he maybe tries something, uh, I don't know if he's going to try to see her, contact her in the underworld or something, but I feel like we're going to, we're going to go visit my good old friend Hades or something. Hades, is Hades Greek? Is he the Greek name? Yes, Hades. Okay. Hades is we're going to visit my favorite mob boss. Uh, this, that was a Hades Town reference. Of yes, course. I know. <laughs> For all <laughs> of you who don't know, Hades Town is my favorite musical thanks to Mallory. And it is also my the guy who plays well. Hades. Yes, we have. I've seen it with her three, three or four times. I don't remember. Yeah. 
and I've seen it. It's something like that. 18 times? Oh my god, it's your Oppenheimer. Yeah, how many times have you seen Oppenheimer? More than 18. Well, okay, seeing a movie is a little less expensive than seeing a Broadway show. I've seen it. I've seen it 28 times. Um, well, I'm just, I'm just honored to have been there for your first Oppenheimer, that day we did Barbenheimer. I'm so um, glad I dragged you to that. That was one of my favorite days of the year. I had so much fun. I know. That was, that was really fun. Like, any other predictions, thoughts? That was kind of my, kind of my list. I'm trying to think if I missed anything from before. Any new questions or? Not really. I think you answered most of them, like, what a satyr was. Um, most of my questions are probably going to be revolving around the basics of Greek mythology, just because I don't, I don't have such a deep background in that. Um, but I am very interested to see, I want to find out what happens to Grover. I'm very, I'm very attached to Grover, even though I think maybe he deserves to die for fucking up once again. But, um, he didn't kill Percy this time, so... I think that deserves a little, little compassion, but we'll see. I'm very interested. And also, um, I want to see Poseidon sitting in a sponge getting an x-ray done. I really enjoy the theory that, um, Poseidon has to be wet all the time. I just appreciate that. Great. Well, this has been a delight. Thank you for <laughs> taking the time to talk with me about this book. I know I said it last time, but this is truly, like, the greatest gift you could have given me. Like, the opportunity- Oh, so I don't have to give you a birthday present? Is that- That's what I'm hearing. No, you- You really straight up don't. Um, yeah. Next week, we will do seven through nine, which I'm excited about. There's- We really- We really get into- the meat of the plot of this book in those next chapters so it's gonna be gonna be a good time here if you made it this far thanks for listening if you for some reason want more of our nonsense you can follow us on instagram or the social media formerly known as twitter at at demigoddebutpod or you can email us at demigoddebut at gmail.com and by us i do mean me julie is on social media lockdown until she reads the books we'll see you next time bye